One, two, three, four. Welcome to It's My Screen Time 2, the podcast where two moms just need a break from telling kids to stop putting weird stuff in their mouths. I'm Deborah, And I'm Katie. <laughs> and I have three kids. Uh, my eight-year-old is Tony, and then I have two five-year-olds named Libby and Nate. And I have just the one kid. His name is Jay, and he is almost three. And I have to know what is the most recent thing they put in their mouths. A DVD <laughs> that they're watching while so I can podcast tonight. So they just wanted to know what it tasted like? I don't know. I think it's... Uh... What do you call it? Instinctual. I think okay. it's an instinct. <sighs> I don't know. I I don't. They don't do it without with by thinking about it. It's just they just do it. Yeah, I mean, not that Jay doesn't do the exact same thing, but I was hoping he would grow out of it by the time he was five. Oh man, he might not. <laughs> <laughs> well. Speaking of which, our kids are adorable, and we like to give a little segment at the beginning of every show to just get those adorable stories out of our system. So aside from the DVD eating, have your kids done anything particularly adorable this week? They biked all the way to the library, which is like a half a mile from our house, which is awesome. My eight-year-old's been biking a lot for years, so that's not a achievement for him but for my five-year-olds it is they're pretty little they've had big bikes for a while but they're just don't have a lot of stamina so it was awesome they've gotten a lot of praise for it yeah so the summer is looking looking good yay lots of bike rides so jay is still in full parrot mode as far as like repeating back things that he hears And, you know, sometimes those moments are adorable and awesome, and sometimes they just make you cringe and think, oh my gosh, am I the worst parent ever? Where did he even hear that? It had to have been for me or his dad. So (laughs) I have kind of both sides of the coin because there was something beeping in the house, and it was clearly like a battery alarm for a smoke detector or something, and I could not find it, and it was driving me insane. And I was alone in the house with Jay. And I was trying to like keep my temper in check the more beeps I heard, even though it was driving me absolutely crazy. And Jay just says, and I'm going to try and sanitize it for the podcast. He says, what the fudging hell? Where is that beeping coming from? Only he didn't say fudging. (laughs) (laughs) And I was kind of astonished because I don't think I use that particular turn of phrase nor do I really hear my husband using it, but it must have been one of us. That is funny. Uh, and he saved it for like a really appropriate yeah. instance. But hopefully he's not like just throwing that one around all over the place. Um, but then tonight on our way to dance class, he finally started singing songs from the Hamilton soundtrack by himself. <laughs> and I was oh, like, yes, that's adorable. this redeems it. You can say all the fudging hells you want kid 
I'm trying to record it to send to our mutual friend Leah because she's a big Hamilton fan. And but of course, every time I ask him to sing when the camera is on, he won't. Oh, kid needs to get he over will that. someday. <laughs> <laughs> um, so did you make any like big pronouncements about screen time for the summer for your kids? It's been more relaxed because it's summer, yay. My kids don't have anything scheduled right away, and we just took a long road trip where they watched a lot of DVDs in the car, and they've been pretty good. Like, we tie screen time to behavior and doing chores and stuff, and so they've been getting, like, an hour every day. Mm Mm-hmm. So that is a change. It's really nice. It's a nice break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for everybody. I love screen time. <laughs> well, summers can just get so long and they can get so long immediately. Like, right. When you have older kids and you're used to having them gone for more of the day. Mm-hmm. How about you? Any changes? I mean,. Uh, I guess like spoiler alert listeners but I'm six and a half months pregnant so there's been a little bit more screen time just because I'm huge and I don't really want to (laughs) move so sometimes I just give in Uh, but there's nothing codified about it (laughs) yeah you just have to get you do what you have to do to get by all right what are we talking about today Deborah? Zombies, Disney Channel original movie. It aired for the first time in February of this year, 2018. I taped it. Katie watched it on demand, just on cable. And in it, the two main characters, Addison and Zed, are kind of in a Romeo and Juliet type situation. So Addison is from Seabrook, um, a town where everybody had a perfect life until there was a lime soda accident that turned people into zombies. And the people of Seabrook built a wall to keep zombies out. And so the zombies live sort of like in slum land on the outskirts of town. And Zed is a zombie. Although the government has stepped in since that lime soda accident. (laughs) And um, the zombies all wear like a, basically like a Fitbit that controls their urge to eat people's brains. And so... They're not eating brains anymore. They're, it's safe for them to be around humans, but humans, but there's still like a huge, it's more than a stigma. Like zombies are not in the same, it's like a caste system right, in Seabrook. Right. Like they're not, they don't have equal rights. Um, so Zed and his zombie high school friends, they get to attend high school for the first time He really wants to try out for the football team. Addison is trying out for the cheerleading squad. And they meet and they have sort of a covert romance. Yeah, definitely romance. 
A um, chaste romance. Yeah, and they're also both pursuing these goals that they have for cheerleading and football. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. <laughs> Spoiler, guys. They get together and there's peace in Seabrook. Because <laughs> zombies are people too. Sorry if we wrecked it for you. That element of the plot would have been transparent to you within the two, the first two minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a pretty predictable plot. And it's a musical, we should say, right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Can I just go on a little tangent? Yes. <laughs> because it has to do with lime soda. Why does everyone hate lime flavoring all of a sudden? I feel like if you ate a green candy for like a solid chunk of our growing up, you could safely assume that that candy was lime flavored. Really? I associate green with sour apple. Yeah. Now everything's sour apple. I did not know until this past weekend that like a couple years ago, they replaced the lime Skittles with with green apple Skittles. Apparently, I don't eat enough Skittles. But now lime soda is being blamed for a zombie outbreak. Lime is awesome. Lemon and lime are a match made in heaven. We need to stop hating on lime is my point. Yeah, lime is my favorite LaCroix flavor. <laughs> I don't actually know if I've ever had lime flavor. I'm still immersed in my love affair with grapefruit, formerly known as pomplamousse. But yeah, I just had to give a solid shout out to lime. Say I'm still there for you, even if you make zombies. Yeah, that was a really weird plot explanation for the zombie apocalypse yes of all the explanations for a zombie outbreak i think that is probably the uh weirdest mm-hmm. very very bizarre all right well why did we pick it we picked it because last summer longtime listeners may remember that we celebrated uh the kickoff to summer with a disney original movie teen beach movie which was pretty good and so we thought why not Zombies looks pretty, pretty, pretty ripe for, for analysis. We have been trying to stick to like the newer programming lately. So we feel really good that like this just aired in February and here it is June and we're watching it. It's not like years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but listeners, you should go back and check out our Teen Beach movie episode if you haven't listened to it. It was a really fun one. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, so, zombies. Like you were saying, it's kind of a classic star-crossed lovers plot. We've seen this story a lot of times before in a lot of different forms. What did you think of how it worked as a girl-meets-zombie story? I thought it worked, but I think zombies were like, three to five years ago, zombies were really big. Like, Mm -hmm. there were some best-selling books out. Um, people were still watching and liking The Walking Dead. Um, they started that Walking Dead spinoff like two years ago, maybe. So I feel like zombies have kind of jumped the shark a mm-hmm. little bit. And Disney probably had this in the hopper for a while. And it just didn't come out when zombies were really in the zeitgeist. Right. I did some looking around on IMDb. And I think they actually tried to do a TV pilot back, back in 2012. Well, um, mm. so they just definitely had this story 
story in the bag and it just didn't come to fruition until now. Yeah, I totally agree that zombies moment seems to have passed. What is it now, though? What's the hip supernatural? Is it more like robots? I feel like robots are kind of having a moment. Oh, AI, maybe. Yeah, like like humans and Westworld. Yeah, I think that's right. Although Girl Meets Robot would maybe be even weirder. Yeah, and also, um, oh, who was, it's not Jude Law who was in that movie where he falls in love with, like, the Siri voice. Oh, yeah, that was Joaquin Phoenix, right? I forgot about that. So, I don't know, it was, like, it was okay. I like the Romeo and Juliet type story. I mean, that's a classic. Mm -hmm. And I feel like interracial relationships are not really a big deal anymore. Um, so you can't do like a West Side Story right. angle on Romeo and Juliet because that's not fresh. Right. And it's not even pertinent. It doesn't feel like to me where I live. Um, so I, I guess it makes sense to have it be a zombie. <laughs> Although, did it feel like to you that the some of the racial parallels were a little heavy-handed, slash a lot heavy-handed? Yeah, like, they built a wall. I mean, the yeah. zombies were living in segregated slums, and they had separate entrances to buildings, and it was all very... Brown versus Board of Education. Yeah, yes. Yeah, for sure. Part of me was like, are they doing this to like teach kids in a gentle way about America's racist past? Or is this just like super inappropriately flippant about something that was and continues to be a real issue? Yeah, I wasn't sure where it was coming from. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure. That said, I was totally charmed. I do have another less serious question. the zombies get to school on their first day of real regular high school and the principal says that they've been legally required to allow zombies in school but required by whom because the zombie outbreak seems to be limited to the town of seabrook right Mm -hmm. they never at any point say that like this is a nationwide phenomenon Mm -hmm. and addison's mother is the mayor of Seabrook, Mm -hmm. but deeply and profoundly hates zombies and Mm -hmm. has taught her daughter to hate zombies. So where, where is this edict coming from? There are some, um, incontinuities. (laughs) I mean, I know, I know it's a kid's movie. We're supposed to overlook Mm -hmm. plot holes like that. And it's a romance. So we're supposed to overlook plot holes like that doubly so. So I guess I'm just being too much of a stickler. Yeah, and the teacher who's teach so they the zombies have to go to school, but they can still be segregated in the basement. And their teacher was the janitor. Still who, is like, the janitor. He leaves a class at first... one point to clean up vomit. <laughs> yeah. So if they're required to allow the zombies to attend school, but not required to have a credentialed licensed teacher. Mm-hmm. What? Or required to allow them to participate in any extracurricular activities. 
Yeah. What's up, Title Nine? <laughs> I guess Title Nine doesn't apply to zombies. Oh. <laughs> and we should say, guys, these zombies are cute. They just look like the Joker without the smile. Like the classic Joker from Batman. But not evil. Yeah, but with like the bright green hair and the white skin. That's pretty much all that makes them zombie looking. Yeah, and the um their government issued coveralls (laughs) (laughs) distinguish them. And like everything about the zombie world is jewel toned. Whereas everything in Seabrook is pastel. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the colors are much brighter and poppier in uh, zombie zombie town. Um, I did like the set. How about you? Uh, yeah, I will agree. Again, though, I kind of felt like the very brightness and vibrancy of zombie town kind of diminished the impact of the segregation. It was mm-hmm. like, hey, yeah, we live in the slums, but at least we make it look cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They definitely, they tiptoed right up to the line of seriousness with that. And then it was, it fell down on the life on the other side of the tracks is fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any thoughts on the cast? I thought they were really good. Um I mean, I thought the same about the last Disney thing we saw, which was Night Squad. Mm-hmm. And I thought the same thing about Teen Beach Movie. I mean, the Disney machine really does a good job of churning out those really talented young actors. Like, I thought they were pretty good on screen. Like, Zed was very charming. Addison was very perky and cute and like they could both sing the dancing I loved so good so good yeah I thought I thought it was well cast except I thought you mentioned Missy Ma, the mom who's the mayor mm-hmm. she looked like she was like eight years older than <laughs> <laughs> than You're her right. daughter You're Addison right. not uncommon in movies sadly but yeah I guess that's just what a life of cheerleading gets you. You look young (laughs) way until you have teenage kids. Yeah. The Addison, the main girl, the actress who plays her is named Meg Donnelly. But for like the first 20 minutes of the movie, I thought it was Lucy Hale. Do you know who that actress is? Oh, vaguely. Did you ever watch Pretty Little Liars? That's like, I think the biggest thing she was in. Um and I was like, okay, so I think I just know her from reading, reading gossip magazines. Okay. So for the first 20 minutes, I was like, girl, you are way too old to be playing this part, but you look good. <laughs> 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 and then I realized it was someone different, and it was Meg Donnelly, who was actually in the show that I watched the first season of and really liked, and then we moved, and I just fell off. Have you seen American Housewife? No, but I remember when that was coming out, it looked cute. I am not sure where it stands as far as if it got picked up for a third season or not, but uh, I watched the first season and I found it to be really charming. I'll have to check it out. Um, I also thought Bucky, who plays Addison's cousin, and he's a cheerleader and he's like the best cheerleader and the leader of the squad. And like at one point he like says a prayer to the cheerleading trophies <laughs> or he directs like a wish to the trophy case he 
very much reminded me of, um, I think it's Ben Savage from Boy Meets World. Oh, yeah, they have similar hair. Hair and the eyebrows. I thought he was really good. The concept of Bucky, the head cheerleader and Addison's cousin, as, like, the villain of the piece is so absurd, but this kid just leans into it with such glee that it works. It works great. It reminded me a lot of the, uh, the like mad scientist villains of Teen Beach movie and how like mm-hmm. they were ridiculous, but they just, they leaned in just the perfect amount. And I felt the same about Bucky. He was, he was perfect. Um, and I didn't, look up any of these kids names I'm sorry because I don't know who any of them are but then there was also an actress who plays Brie who is like Addison advocates for her at the tryout she's not quite good enough to get on the squad and I thought she was really cute she reminded me a lot of America Ferreira Mm -hmm. um, from her first show that was popular that I can't think of the (laughs) name of Ugly Betty (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, ugly Betty. Yeah. So I thought they were I thought they were all really good. For me, the number one standout in the cast was the football coach. Oh, he was hilarious. He had the best line. So I did look up his name. His name is Jonathan Langdon. He had some awesome throwaway gags. Like at one point they're playing a football game and he he tells the team to win this game so I can buy slacks that aren't sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> he also, because the principal like offers him a permanent position if the football team wins, and he talks about getting a stable job, and he's like, I'm going to get a cat, I'm going to get a gym membership. <laughs> Turn everything around. <laughs> yeah, he was hilarious. Yes. I mean, the dancing was awesome. The kids were great. But to me, he was the standout. (laughs) Yeah. Good. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. He was really good. So we talked uh, for a second about the choreography, but we should probably go into it a little bit more. Uh, So as opposed to Teen Beach Movie, which was, you know, 60s pop beach movie, duh, uh, this was much more hip hop inflected. How do you think that worked? I loved the dancing. I thought the choreography was great. I thought the songs, can we talk about the songs also? They were like all (laughs) ripoffs. So the first song was a total ripoff of Party in the USA. Oh, really? Do you know that one? Well, yeah, everybody knows that song. (laughs) Yeah, um, it was just so similar. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there was another one um, when... Addison sneaks into the zombie mash party uh-huh. and it made me think a lot about a 90s rave yes definitely I, with the I bright never colors. went to but <laughs> yeah um but that was like an Eminem ripoff of Slim Shady I thought it was really really close to the chorus was really really close to Slim Shady okay so clearly your knowledge of semi-modern hip-hop is greater than mine definitely none of these songs were like standouty enough that I really remember them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can definitely see that they probably weren't the most original out there. I did enjoy the little love theme that Addison and Zed had called Someday, which 
every time I look at or see the title, I immediately want to bust out what is the song from West Side Story? The actually like actually good love theme some somewhere or is it just called somewhere. There's a Place for Us? There's a place for us. Yeah, okay. Us. So you know the song I'm talking about. But every yes. time I wrote that down, I would be like someday. Nope, wrong song. It's <laughs> a beautiful song. Yeah. Um, but this love th- love theme was obviously not as good as that. <laughs> but it was very cute and charming and the choreography in particular, I think probably saved a lot of the songs. Oh yeah, I was I thought the plot kind of dragged. I thought the movie was too long. Mm-hmm. But every time there was a song, I was full attention wrapped watching the dancing cuz they were so good. And at one point it was during that Slim Shady ripoff song, mm-hmm. they were like doing a move where they were like landing on their backs. It looked and really painful. Up off the floor and I don't think it was a I don't think it was like a computer generated trick I think they were really doing that is that a dance move was it super mom of me that I was like I hope kids aren't trying to imitate that at home because that could lead to some injuries I know oh we have to figure out what that move is called they just landed flat on their backs Mm -hmm. on their spines yeah we'll have to do some research because it looked painful. Yeah. That song also had my least favorite bit of choreography in it, in which they all danced in, like, oversized metallic coats. I thought that was With really hoods, right? bad. Yes. <laughs> they were, like, yeah. metalized raincoats, but they were so big and baggy that you couldn't really see anyone's limbs. So, why? <laughs> but on the whole, it, uh, the choreography, the choreography really reminded me a lot of a Step Up movie. Have you seen many of those? None. Really? I don't think so. Not even the original with Channing Tatum? No. Oh my goodness. This sounds like something I need to watch. I don't even know how many there have been at this point, but they have long since ceased making these movies for plot at all, and they are just like joyous dance celebration movies, which... Some people might consider that to be a bad thing because they like plot in their movies, and I do sometimes too, but the dancing is so great. They're really worth a watch. In particular, I think Step Up 2, The Streets, and Step Up 3, 3D, it may, may have been a 3D movie. Those are probably the best so far, if you're ever in the mood for a dance movie marathon. I love dance movies. And I could be wrong, listeners, correct me on this, but I think it the original step up is where Channing Tatum met his now ex-wife, Jenna Dewan. They played love interests. It was adorable. But the choreography reminded me of that more than anything else. I actually watched the first bit of the movie with Kevin, and he compared it to Bollywood films, which I guess he's watched a lot of in his life. Um, because there's been places where that's all that's on TV. He's like, it's all Mm -hmm. this chaste singing and dancing, and they never kiss. And I was like, well, yeah, I guess. In that sense, it really is. Yeah. (laughs) And again, I did not get this confirmed, because the IMDb page for this was really sparse. So I did a lot of, like, just random Googling, and I didn't give it the full librarian with, like, checking sources or anything. 
But mm-hmm. I think it may have been the same choreographer as this Teen Beach movie. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure Disney just has like an in-house go-to team, right? Yeah, they must at this point. Or even if they're not in-house, they they like hire the same people because they're amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a real side aside, but... The gymnasium where one of the pep rallies takes place, um, I think it was maybe the first song. So there was a Latin phrase on the gym floor, mm-hmm. and it said, Squilla Forti Semper. Hmm. I don't, my, my Latin pronunciation is not very good. And I tried figuring out what that was. So Semper Fortis is like the Navy's motto and it means like always powerful or always courageous and then squilla is a type of genus of shrimp (laughs) so i just thought you went to an exclusive college (laughs) do you have any insight well the shrimp is their school mascot right they're the fighting shrimp oh so it's like the always powerful shrimps yeah okay that makes sense (laughs) okay you know what? It's always been one of my great regrets in life that I never took a Latin class. I know. I never. You didn't either? I, maybe it was the Midwest. I feel like in the South, a lot of high schools still offer it. Not not in Worthington. Yeah. Not in Nina either. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, classes and genres that are no longer offered, uh, do you have any general thoughts on the zombie genre? Um, have you watched Santa Clarita Diet? No. Um, I've heard really good things about Timothy Oliphant's performance in particular, but I have not watched it. Have you? I watched the first episode. I found it pretty much unwatchable. I didn't like it at all. Oh, that's sad. I think the Negan, we've talked about this before. Negan on The Walking Dead just ruined all zombies for me, I think, forever. Mm Mm-hmm. When He's the, not even a zombie, but I, right. I just don't like that genre anymore. When the trend started, were you into it? Like, I feel like at the beginning when we had the zombie renaissance with uh, 28 Days Later, which was one that I really liked, and Shaun of the Dead, I was very into those movies. But you're right, it was like diminishing returns, and now... I really don't need any more zombies. And zombie love stories in particular are a hard line to tread because zombies aren't inherently sexy like vampires. No, they're gross. Yeah. Yeah. Like, did you see that um, it was an R-rated zombie movie, zombie romance movie called Warm Bodies? No. I don't know how long ago it was. Was it in the theaters? Yeah, yeah. And it starred... um, Nicholas Holt, who, uh, he plays Beast in the new X-Men movies, and he was on that British show Skins. Okay. Well, whatever. Clearly, uh, you, you didn't see it, but it was weird. It was a, a love story about a girl and a zombie, and it was hard to hard to come around to. A little bit easier to come around to yeah. in this format because it's a Disney movie and everyone is so non-threatening. There is a point we did not talk about this yet in the plot where um, Zed discovers that he can alter his 
wristband that the government has issued to keep him his brain eating impulses in control and um he does that to be really good at football and then at one point the cheerleaders uh like turn off the wristbands of the zombies and that they're legitimately scary they get all like roided up like roid rage and like you can see the veins and like their faces change and the makeup changes and like they're scary during that part I thought yeah the makeup was great on the zombie transformation I did I think that was really good um so we've compared this to a few things so far did you think that this was comparable to any other adult movies or shows Well, you already brought up West Side Story, which was like the musical equivalent that I could think of. Uh, It had a little bit of the iZombie feel to it as far as television shows for grownups, which we didn't really mention when we talked about zombie shows being over because iZombie is still very much a going concern. And I think it's still I'm a season behind, but I think it's still doing fairly well. Mm -hmm. How about you? I have not seen that. Um, I thought it was comparable to Save the Last Dance, a 2001 movie with Julia Stiles and Sean Patrick Thomas. Oh, I recall Not it. Not really an adult film, but I remember watching it and loving it when I was like a young adult. <laughs> yeah, definitely a similar... I think I watched it over and over again. yeah kids from the wrong side of the tracks or from opposite sides of the tracks very much a similar vibe did you cast the gritty hbo reboot at all so usually i spend the time coming up with like an elaborate backstory but really all i thought about was that we would have to up the sexiness factor because it's hbo right so Mm -hmm. i was Trying really hard to come up with a singer or dancer who could also do gritty and sexy. And just because of the choreography in this movie, like all I could think of was Channing Tatum and Step Up. So finally, I just went with it and I said, okay, Channing Tatum. But then we need a good co-star for him. And I thought maybe Megan Hilty from Smash. How about um, from Younger? And Bunheads. Oh, yeah. How old do you think uh, Sutton Foster is? I don't know why it feels like she's a little bit older than Channing Tatum. She is, but who cares? <laughs> she plays a 26-year-old right. <laughs> pretender on <laughs> All right, there it is. Channing Tatum and Sutton Foster. I think that's that's good. <laughs> I think that would work. Yeah. I would love it. I don't know. They might be a little too old to like bounce fully on their spines and come back from that. We have to look so into we should eliminate that dance move. <laughs> or maybe they need like tra- assistance from trampolines in the floor or something. So when we were kids, do you recall it being better than the zombies movie? Okay, here's the thing. Disney has been doing original movies for a long time. Like, they did them when we were kids. And I have always Mm -hmm. been there for them. Like, there were two in particular that I watched the crap out of uh, when I was a kid, taped from the Disney Channel on VHS, of course. Uh, 
one called Chips the War Dog about like the use of canines in World War II and one called Perfect Harmony about like integrating this boys choir at an elite private school in the south and I loved those movies Mm -hmm. but I don't think the Disney Channel originals really broke into this musical genre until High School Musical which was in the early 2000s and I really think this is a great space that they've carved out for themselves maybe it's just because I love musicals and I want to see more of them but I feel like in that sense, they've gotten a lot better from when we were kids. I agree. I agree. I've said this before about this type of movie, and I would have loved it when I was like 13, yeah. 12. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would have watched it over and over again. Totally agree. And along those lines, would you ever watch this alone voluntarily? I might not. I don't think so. No. I would not rewatch it. I kind of feel the same about it as I felt about Team Beach. Like, if I really just needed a happiness fix, I might do it. Uh, Should we do 10 seconds on whether this is good for our kids? Yes. What do you think? Well, I think if anything zombie related is going to be appropriate for an almost three-year-old, this is probably it because it's probably the least scary thing you'll ever see about zombies and he Mm -hmm. does love choreographed musical numbers but I would probably wait to let him watch this yeah I actually offered to have my eight-year-old watch part of it with me and he declined because he had um viewed a preview for it when he was watching something else on the Disney channel and he knew it would be too scary for him um, and I thought the opening sequence when they were talking about um, how the zombie epidemic started mm-hmm. was very scary. And I thought when the zombies, when their Fitbits got switched off, I thought that they were legitimately scary, like I said before. And I think it's too scary for the for kids my age, the age of my kids. But I think for like older elementary kids, middle school kids great yeah they would I, like it yeah like tweens would be the sweet spot for this I think because mm-hmm. other than those like couple of moments it was really very benign and not scary and we should say because we haven't mentioned this yet and it was the same thing with teen beach movie no kiss true yeah it is a like a Bollywood good analysis Kevin <laughs> Yeah, he's smarter than we (laughs) give him credit for. (laughs) Well, it's the moment of truth. Should we do some ratings? I would give it a four. Uh, Three and a half. I'm second guessing myself. (laughs) That's usually my job. Um, (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) I really should have gone back and see you. And seeing what rating I did give Teen Beach Movie. Because I think I liked that better than this. But I love rom-coms. And we don't make them anymore. Like, it, it's... You have to work mm-hmm. really hard to find new rom-coms. And usually they're pretty crappy. And I love musicals. And usually they've even taken a turn for the self-serious in the adult world. So 
maybe I should just suggest that we only watch and review Disney original movies because I I tend to genuinely or genuinely enjoy them. So I would give this a 4.5 solidly. I'm only not giving it a 5 because I don't want to rate it higher than I may have rated Teen Beach Movie. Because mm-hmm. I like that better. I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I know myself and this is just my genre. <laughs> Say before we go, I did watch a cute rom-com on Netflix um, just because it had Phoebe Robinson in it. And Uh I believe it was called Ibiza. Oh. And it's new. It just came out. It was really cute. I really enjoyed it. And I realized when I was watching it, it has been a super long time since I've seen a good romantic comedy. Agreed. It's really sad. Wither the rom-com. I know. I will definitely add Ibiza to my list. If you haven't already seen The Big Sick, I also thought that was a quality rom-com. Oh, yeah. I loved that. I loved that. That was good. You're already on top of it. It's sad because I find myself then like re-watching truly terrible rom-coms that didn't deserve my eyeballs the first time around, but because there are so few out there. Like, Deborah, I can't tell you how many times I've seen 27 Dresses. Oh, really? It's With not Catherine a good Heidel? movie. <laughs> no, it's not a great movie. <laughs> but I've probably seen it at least five times. Well, James Marsden has really attractive cheekbones. Well, thanks for oh. listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time too. <laughs> uh, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook to continue the conversation at facebook.com slash myscreentime2. And that's also where you'll find out what we're covering in our next episode if you want to watch along with us. Please tweet us with show or movie suggestions or general comments at at myscreentime2 or you can email us at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. Our theme music was composed and performed by Deborah and her adorable children and our podcast is produced by me, Katie. Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Bye. 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 Bye.